Hey, welcome to the Woo Woo Waterless Toilets podcast where I talk about waterless toilets. My name is Martin Doyle. I'm a compost toilet guru and product manager here at Woo Woo Waterless Toilets. I've been using, making, advising and selling compost toilets since about 2012, so I know a thing or two. If you have any specific questions or subjects that you'd like me to cover and tackle, please do get in touch through the contact form on our website, which is www.waterlesstoilets.co.uk. In this episode, I'll be in conversation with Kate Safin, where we talk about compost toilets and narrowboats. Now, Kate actually lives full-time on a narrowboat. She has a compost toilet, although she calls it prefers to call it a separating toilet for reasons we'll get into, and she actually composts on her narrowboat. Now, it's worth pointing out that some of the things that Kate talks about, you don't have to do. Um, Kate's system is very simple. It's one that's suited her well over the past sort of 10 or 15 years that she's had a compost toilet. So Kate will talk about sort of leveling the contents and not putting toilet paper in the toilet, but putting it in a separate bin. The, the, the key takeaway I'm trying to get over here is, is that you don't have to do these things. So don't be put off if that's something that you think, well, I couldn't do that. There are different ways of doing it, which we do explore later in the podcast, um, but it's it's really useful to hear somebody's point of view, uh, experiential point of view anyway, as to how they manage their system. So sit back, get yourself a cup of tea and a biscuit, because this is quite a long one, and uh, enjoy. So hello, and uh, I'd like to welcome... Kate Safin to the podcast. Um, Kate has the honour of being our very first guest on the Woo Woo Waterless podcast. So, hello, Kate. Thank you. I'm 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 suitably honoured. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So, before we actually get into into our chat, um, I'm interested to know what words you use to describe um, our bodily output. So. Uh, it's conversations I have every day with people um, and I often start with the words uh, liquids and solids to sort of gauge what people's reaction are to that particularly if I don't know them in person so if you were to meet somebody and you were talking about um, bodily outputs uh, what what words would you use and and why to be honest exactly the same okay (laughs) okay why is I think because they feel like quite neutral terms Yes. Anything to do with excreta is highly emotive. Yeah. Um, and so it's quite interesting to see how other people use words. Um, less formally in the uh, compost toilets for of for boats and off-grid living, which is how you and I met, mm-hmm. um, where we're you know talking about the practicalities and people are asking. Then I think it it becomes. Uh, more relaxed to be uh, and people are are, are sort of moving beyond being quite so disgusted by their own output yes so I think then at that point pee and poo I tend to use a bit more yeah yeah it's a little bit less formal yes indeed indeed that's that's interesting that's good so um Kate um I know a little bit about you. So if I if I recap what I know about you and then you can expand on that a little bit. So I know that you live on a narrowboat, that you live on full time. I know that you put on plays uh, which have a particular sort of narrowboat or canal focus. Um, and I know that you have a compost toilet and are really into compost toilets. So have I got that right? Please tell me more and expand a little bit. Oh, I think that's, that covers it. That's enough. <laughs> Good. The Good. only thing I perhaps... Um... Not exactly challenge, but say is that 
I don't talk about having a compost toilet. I talk about having a composting system. Good point. Because uh, I know one of your earlier podcasts, you talked about all these different words that get used. Yes. And of course, the, one of the common attacks we get uh, in the world of, of boating with, with compost is, oh, well, of course, nobody, nobody composts, you know. Well, there's no such thing as a composting toilet. Mm. And I have taken to saying, no, no, there isn't. Um, and actually, when you get down to it, there's no such thing as a pump out or a cassette mm. or a masturbation toilet. Toilets are funnels. Yes. Good point. A toilet is a funnel into a system. And yes. that might be straight into uh, a, a mainline sewage system. It might be into a big tank. It might be via a liquidizer into a big tank. It might be into a small tank. Mm. Um, uh, we have a slightly posh funnel in that it's got two bits, so it diverts. Yeah. And so, you know, that that essentially our funnel funnels liquids and solids into different containers to then be processed. Yes. And whether that's within one whole system, yeah. which you might have in the house, or whether it's in a something like a boat where it needs to be container based and then go on to different places mm. uh, that's what it boils down to it's all a system one of the things about a boat is that obviously typically it's not connected to services i know you, you can be moored up and you can have power lines and things like that but um a bit like a caravan the problem is that everything on the boat stays on the boat unless you take it off so um what got you into compost loose? Because I, I guess you must have started off with probably cassette or pump outs. Um, so what turned you off those and what got you into compost toilets? What was the driver for you? Sheer practicality or rather lack of facilities. Right. Or lack of e easily accessible facilities. I moved on to a boat in 1999 and I had a port potty and that okay. was fine. I used yep. that until 10 years ago. It was about, yeah. just about this time, 10 years ago, I started thinking about alternatives because I was in London. Yeah. Um, I'd, I was doing a master's uh, in writing for stage and broadcast media mm -hmm. um, at drama school. And I had a temporary mooring when I first went and that was fine. And then I was going to be moving off that at the end of January 2014. And I realized that of all the things that I could be worried about, in terms of being out, moving around London as a woman on her own, uh, morning on the towpath, mm -hmm. having to get to and from the boat. I, there's all sorts of things I could be worried about. Not finding a mooring, getting yeah. mugged, having my bike stolen, a yeah. break in. Yeah. All manner of, the thing that actually kept me awake was how on earth am I going to empty the porta potty? <laughs> you cannot get spare tanks for them. Well, you yeah. can buy a whole new loo and throw half of it away, which offends me deeply. Yes. And also, it doesn't really help. I mean, it's only, you know, so I've got two 20-litre containers. Yeah. It's not a lot. It only lasts yeah. for, if I'm on full-time on the, the boat, not out at all, yeah. then we're talking five days. Yeah. So, you know, at best, this thing's going to last a week. And I had encountered, uh, by then, there were a couple of, I'd say a couple, few boats that had, uh, installed a, a a for at the time called a composting toilet which yeah. was and i'd met a couple uh they had an envirolect which was a very large cumbersome thing yes i remember those um which they they liked they were very happy with mm. but they didn't live on the boat okay so they were moving on and off and doing holiday and short trips and things so there was time for the material to be doing some breaking down yeah. And, and it works quite well for them. So that 
essentially that meant I knew these things existed. Yeah. There was no groups, nobody on the water, apart from these, this one couple I'd met and I'd sort of heard vague things, but there was no talk of it in the waterways press at mm. all. Mm. So I started hunting, discovered um, the airhead. Yep. Which at that time was about 650 pounds and involved a degree of work uh, in mm. terms of attaching fans and things. Yes. Uh, and I just wasn't terribly keen on that because it seemed a lot of money to spend until I knew it was going to work. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I also looked at things like there, there was just one or two diverters, including the um, the separate kit. Yes, sort of the separate privy. Yeah, that's place. it. Yeah. I looked. I looked at those. I don't have any great carpentry skills, unfortunately. So I was okay. Some work, and I really. So then I uh, got hold of the third edition of the Human Your Handbook by Joseph Jenkins, who's yes, the, the guru on the science of all this. Indeed. And read it probably four times. <laughs> um. I got to the point of working out that separating was probably a good thing. Yep. Boat because of bulk. Yes. Although Jenkins is not very keen on it. He, mm. he thinks everything should go in together. But he lives on a small holding in Pennsylvania where he can store a ton of cover. And he's got two... loads of space. So he, he can. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so, so sorry yes. to sort of segue off on an angle here. But I do. I really like uh, Jenkins's approach. But I don't think it's right for everybody. And unfortunately, he, he tends to sort of like come down as like, you know, mine is the right way and, and this is it. And it's like it is the right way for a lot of people, but it won't suit yeah. everybody because you need a you lot of space. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but but for a lot of people in a more urban environment, you may not have the land to do the composting or, or store the stuff, which, which is where separation actually, comes in. There's actually a reasonable argument that it's quite a good idea to separate the urine because you can use it as fertilizer. Yeah, absolutely. And, yes. And separately. Yes. Uh, even though sometimes. So my my net result of that was in terms of separating and coming up with something simple. Yeah. I thought it's going to matter too much if a bit of wee gets into the some some liquids get into the solid sometime as long yeah. as there's enough to, to soak it all up. Yeah. And the other thing um, is that I my shower is quite deep. It's, okay. it's kind of a sort of hip bathy, and okay. I looked at it and I thought, you know, I could perch on the edge of that. Yeah. If I had a bucket, that way I can keep the porta potty. Yeah. Don't have to clean that out yet. I can make sure it works. And I bought three twenty-five liter buckets and one ten liter bucket. Yes. So I set up this very simple system with a big bucket with the lid loosely on top and a little bucket on top, which I used for the Wii. Mm -hmm. And that was actually, that was my toilet for seven years. Wow. Okay. And then it was a process of learning because you make mistakes. Yeah. And one of the things I keep, I'm constantly emphasizing is that if you change over to a composting system, it is not just a case of what's the best sort of toilet. So my initial Mm. Uh, bucket. I think it filled within about eight weeks and, and it was too soggy. Okay. Um, and I actually later tipped, had to transfer it into another bucket and add more cover. Okay. So with the second bucket, I was very careful. That ended up too dry. Right. By about the third one, I was getting the hang of it. Okay. Uh, and I think it does take time to, to work out how it works best for you. Yeah. Um, so that was my, my very, very simple system. And uh, I then 
uh, a friend actually built me a, a unit, toilet mm. unit, to, to fit neatly in my bathroom. It's a very simple system where I have three 25-litre buckets. Okay. One in the loo. Yeah. And the key thing there is that the contents get thoroughly mixed after every use. Okay. I don't, I don't have a stirry thing. I don't think they're very strong. Mm-hmm. I just use a small hand fork. It takes 15 seconds. Yeah. And mix it in thoroughly. And that breaks it down, starts the composting, levels the contents out, and means the bucket lasts much longer. Yeah. Uh, once full, after... I have had them last five or six months, actually. Wow, that's okay. Yeah. Um, heave it out. That goes into my engine room at the back. But that's just slightly warm, so that's good. So it goes in there. And then for its final third, it uh, it can sit out on the bow. Sometimes I'm moored for a bit. I might just pop it on the roof. Yeah. Or, or somewhere somewhere handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it lasts me at least four months, it means that by the time I need that bucket again, it's had 10 to 12 months composting, sometimes a bit longer. Okay, that's that's interesting. I mean, I, I suppose um, my first sort of thoughts on this is is that there are going to be a lot of people who are probably going to recoil at the prospect of sticking a fork in what there's just done, um, you know, leveling out and things like that. Um, do, do, do you do you do you do you understand that that obviously is going to be some people's reaction? Uh, when, I, when I started, I began by putting um, about a two or three inch layer of cover at the bottom, and then each time I used it, firstly all the paper went in because I thought, well, that'll compost anyway. Yeah. And secondly, I just covered it with a, a a good sprinkling of more cover. Okay. And I did that for the probably the first six or eight months. Mm. And then I started to think, you know, actually, I know paper compost, but it does add a lot of bulk. Yes, yes. So perhaps I'll just pop that in a bin separately. So yep. I did. I carried yep. on putting the soiled paper in with the solids. Yes. Then I got to this point about a year in where, uh, I can't remember actually when I did start mixing it, probably after a year of using it. And at that point... I and paper takes quite a while to break down mm. and oddly I found bits of paper floating around rather more distasteful than the idea of seeing a bit of poo <laughs> um, yeah um, so there came a point some months later when I thought actually that could go in the bin as well mm. paper bag all in the bin screw the top over pop it in the stove yeah I think that's when I have visitors, I say to them, you know, there's a bin there, you can put the paper in it or you can leave it in the loo, whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got that choice. Yeah. They've got that choice. Yeah. Um, and I think really what began the shift was one that after I've been doing this, it was about a year when mm-hmm. uh, Colin and I have started the, the Facebook group, mm-hmm. having a discussion in another boating group and uh, and people started to get more interested so at that point, I, because I just kept very quiet about it until then, I, I fessed up and said, well, this is what I've got. It's really simple. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that the whole mixing idea really started when, well, everybody finds you get a bit of a peak if you don't do a bit of levelling out. So that, that I think, was, was a bit of the story. Yeah. 
Um, and also, also, I think it was just realizing that, you know, if I wanted this system to work on the boat without too many buckets sitting about composting, yeah, then it was worth putting that little bit of effort in. I also yeah. found I could, I hadn't I really realized when it happened, but there came a point where I find it really difficult to use the word waste now. Yes, I'm with you I on cannot, that one. Yeah. I cannot comfortably talk about human waste. Yes. Because it's just a resource that's not not being used typically. It's only waste if you waste it. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a quote from somebody, but I can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think the key thing is that this is a journey. Yeah. And what I've got took probably a couple of years um and and i think i've now after 10 years it's refined to a point where it's it's about as efficient as it's going to get yes but yes if you're just starting out mm. you don't need you know if if it all still feels a bit luck there's absolutely no need to stir or mix or or not put your paper in or whatever but after a while yeah it's a bit like actually my very very early days of boating and the first the first time i had to empty the porta potty mm. i thought Ugh, yeah yeah. Ugh, yeah you know so, and the second time i thought oh, i don't really like doing this and the third and fourth time i thought oh it's not too bad and by about the fifth it was this is a job i have to do every five or six days yeah, yeah the, the takeaway from what you're saying is is that um uh, people don't need to do everything all at once. Do everything all at once. It's like you know, just just use it as uh, you know, use it in its simplest form possible. And and so you know, put the toilet paper in there. Don't worry about that. As time goes by, you might want to feel as if you want to do a little bit more. But if you don't, that's also fine. Uh, you yeah. just sort of find yeah. your find, depends, find your way. It depends on. How... So mine is about a really tight system to work on a boat that doesn't mm. have a hood mooring. Yeah. Now I'm currently uh, actually hooked, tied up to, to a friend, uh, just in passing, so I've stopped for a bit, and she has a separating toilet, which is the term we're trying to very much use on the canals. She has a, a, an offside mooring, and she's got space for a compost bin. Yeah. So, um, it's in fact it's probably a good thing for the paper to go in with that one because. She's got a bigger bin, yeah. and we'll just get chucked in regularly. You're adding extra, carbon, yeah. Yeah, bit of extra carbon. Yeah, um, perhaps tip some we in from time to time if, if it's looking a bit dry. Yes, but there's no. I mean, stirring the, the mixing would would help start the process, but you know, it's absolutely it's not a, it's not essential because it's just being chucked into a bigger bin and it can get on with it. Yes, very much so. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I have a, a few compost piles behind my my cabin um, where my compost toilet lives, and I, I empty the compost toilet bin into there. Very, very occasionally, I'll give it a, a stir, but uh, I produce excellent composts generally without having to stir too much. Um, the, well, there is one school of thought which says that with a um... I think this is it's pretty sure this is the Jenkins thing, but others as well, is that if you've got a compost bin of a kind of two cubic meter size, yeah, actually better not to, to mess it about because yes. it'd be building up some heat in the middle. Exactly. And all you're going to do is cool it down. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's think... different with these much smaller 25 litre yeah. containers. 
which I think is seems to be quite a good size for yeah very small scale oh yeah i mean for 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 boats yeah for boats and mobile users then you know you you obviously can't have these larger compost bins and um, Mm. and composting is does seem to help there definitely definitely um so if if you can't compost on board um what are people's options um there are a couple of collection services in london okay circular revolution yes one boat that does the west side of london i think mm-hmm. he's a kind of all-rounder because he also does pump outs yeah um i don't quite know what his setup is or or where the material then goes on mm. to be composted so in theory they're they're taking away your solid waste um and they're composting it on your behalf you just said the waste word, Martin. Sorry, there you go. It's a yeah, material. It's a habit. Yeah, they're taking away the uh, the solid material. Yeah. <laughs> caught out myself. Yeah, caught myself out there. Excellent. Well spotted, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> there's there's not a lot else at the moment. Mm. Uh, there's a community mooring up in Wolverhampton. Who yeah, they cross their own, and yeah. they will accept. Uh, so you know, were I to pass by boat, they yeah. they won't accept it by anybody arriving by car because basically they'd, they'd get swamped yes of course it become much too much too big an issue yeah um and there's a young woman keen to develop something around the kennet naven mm-hmm. so yeah there's not a lot of of other resource really yeah. if you're going to contemplate this on a boat yeah. yeah you've got to work it out it's no good expecting anybody else to do yeah. it for you we won't have time to go into this now and maybe this will be for another time but um it's worth just pointing out that the the canal system in the united kingdom is um overseen by a charity called the canals and rivers trust um they provide um uh service points um for if you have a cassette toilet uh, for you to empty but they're not obliged to and they don't provide any service points for compost toilet users now a few years ago people used to empty their solid matter into the canals and river trust bins but there was a policy change uh, a few years ago which sort of which sort of stopped that and which is why a lot of people were sort of I hate to use the word force because I think that's really what people should have been doing in the first place. But people were redirected back to the thought of composting on their on their boats, um, um, and and there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about in terms of the canals and river trust. I think, um, but it's it's probably mm. not for today. Yes, I mean, in I think to to explore it properly, we we should definitely have another chat about it. But in I mean, in a nutshell, it was the the waste contractors Biffa. Yeah who announced that i never found out exactly what the issue was mm. uh, because arguably if it's bagged and labeled it's no different to um disposable nappies incontinent supplies yes yes bags, um uh, stoma bags all of those yes. things yes but there is something about the amount yeah i think quite a bit of it was to do with this somewhat emotive issue of anything to do with with human material and one thing i'd really like to to get flagged up is that if it is because one of the myths is that if it goes to landfill it you know well if it's going there it'll still compost well it doesn't yeah uh if if it ends up in landfill 
it gets compressed with a lot of other very nasty toxic stuff and um just creates methane it, it is it is not good yeah so, so, so keep it out of landfill it, yeah uh, some years ago when asked crt said it was all right to put it in bins and that that set off a whole flurry of people taking on separating toilets yeah. without really needing to think through the imp implications yes yeah but but we're now sort of uh, because crt have changed the the rules you know people are now a lot more focused on uh learning about the composting process and, and trying what they can actually do on their own boat so it's a it's a i think it's a better way um although people are a bit frustrated having to, having had that having had something having taken away is always not not the best approach but but um it has focused people on to you know in terms of concentrating yeah. what they can actually do on their boat i suspect there's still some going into bins but there's yeah. certainly a lot more interest in in doing it thoroughly and i think the other thing that's raised awareness is a lot is where a couple of years ago mm. i get a lot of oh but you know we have this perfectly good sewage system mm. you know we've become much more aware of how much untreated sewage is ending oh yes oh in yes indeed yes you know, and that argument yeah that somehow yeah. um you know we're the careless ones yeah the legs have been knocked out from underneath it totally totally yeah yeah definitely definitely people get people very quickly people are going to ask what do you do with the urine um uh, do, do you want to just briefly explain what what you do with with the urine um i, I water a nearby tree Excellent. i think it's i think it's good to dilute at source so yep. drink as much water as possible yeah uh, i do uh, i empty it daily and will yes di dilute to some extent and always make sure it's going into a, a different spot yeah. and I think that's there's a lot of talk about it being 10 meters from a waterway but i'm only emptying two liters a day yeah yeah exactly if you if, if you were constantly emptying at the same place then it becomes an issue but if you're just doing the odd emptying it's uh it's not really an issue yeah excellent okay brilliant lovely well kate thank you it's been absolutely it's been a pleasure talking to you um i hope we can repeat it and and talk about some more um things relating to compost toilets and boats in particular in the future um so yeah thank you very much indeed thank you for having me no problem we'll speak again thanks, soon God. thanks bye-bye bye. bye for now bye. So there we go. Um, my thanks once again to Kate Safin for a really interesting conversation, a frank conversation, which is which is always good. Um, was there anything that you felt we didn't cover or wasn't clear or did any questions crop up that you would like some answers to, would like explored a bit deeper? If you want to get in contact with me, you can do that through our website, uh, which is waterlesstoilets.co.uk. On the homepage of the website, you'll also find um, a button which you can click to say that um, I'm in a canal boat or a boat and it will show you the products which, which we think from our product lineup are suitable for you. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also on, we're also on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find details of how to connect with us again on our website, waterlesstoilets.co.uk. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast using whatever your choice of podcasting software is, and I will catch you again soon. So until next time, keep it waterless.